Hello and welcome to Family Planet 365. I'm your host, Melina Jackson, and I'm so happy that you're here. We're going to have a great time today. And we're talking about something that a lot of people don't really talk about, and it's how to deal with your child's difficult teacher. Now, I know it's about, you know, being positive. Why would you say such a thing? How do you know that the teacher is difficult? Well, it's back to school time. It's August. We're going to talk about it, and I'm going to give you great tips and tricks, not even tricks necessarily, but just tools that you can use right away to nip it in the bud. You don't have to be, you don't have to go through the school year aggravated by the teacher who, if we really want to be honest, doesn't want to be there. So we're going to talk about that today, how to deal with your child's difficult teacher just in time for back to school. But first, a few housekeeping items. Have you all checked out my ebook? I am so excited and thrilled that I finally got this material out into the world. This has been something that's been just on my heart. I've talked about it and was just thinking about it. I actually hand wrote the manuscript three years ago. Can you believe that? That's the thing about life. It's like, when you think of something, take action because time passes so quickly. And when I went back to look at the material that I had written three years ago, I thought to myself, wow, I have evolved, which is a great thing, but I have evolved. This isn't even who I am anymore. And so it took a lot of hard, um, just genuine, being genuine. That was the big part of it all because, you know, in this mom space, a lot of times, and when I say mom space, it's about, you know, there's there's a great market to moms. And there are a lot of companies and clubs and organizations and representatives out there who who are who are marketing to moms. And a lot of times it's not as genuine as I would like to think that it should be. And what I mean by that is, you know, um losing the postpartum weight. You see a lot of moms who are marketing to other moms and they have these babies and, you know, they, they're able to get back into shape within six weeks, which usually isn't the case. Or, you know, they have these um, strollers that are thousands of dollars and you're like, well, I have three children. Like, why would I invest in that? But anyway, I digress. But it's about being real. I think that's what moms want to know today. It's like, you know, okay, here I am. I'm a mom. I desire to live my life still. I don't want to put my kids, my children first. Well, if you're that kind of mom, and if you've been thinking this deep, you know, in your heart silently, but too afraid to say anything, well, the ebook is for you. And I don't say that lightly. I truly, from the bottom of my heart, believe that. The book is called You Can Have It All and Date Night 2, How to Reclaim Your Life as a Mom. And that's what this is about. This is the part one of my seven part series of the ebook. So you definitely want to get in on that because I'll be releasing the second edition soon. And basically, I'm just breaking down the the journey that I've gone through as a mom of four and having children, you know, pretty much back to back, if you will, and still wanting to pursue my career. I didn't want to see my life stop because I became a mom. However, in in many ways it did stop though. And I had to kind of dig myself out of 
the trenches, not alone, you know, with the help of my spouse, of course, encouraging me along the way and with me encouraging myself and realizing that I had more more in me than just mothering and, you know, being a mom and, and nurturing others. I had to nurture myself. And for me, a lot of times that nurture comes from having deadlines and feeling like I have a purpose and I'm living on purpose. So I'm going to actually share my, I share my journey with you in hopes that you'll be inspired to reclaim your life as a mom, because just because your mom doesn't mean you have to stop. And that's another thing, like what a lot of moms groups is like, oh, you know, I do everything for my children first. It's all about my kids. And it really shouldn't be that way. I think that you should find that balance. Um, and there really isn't a balance. Let me, just, let me just take that back. You need to find a way, you should find a way to incorporate the lifestyle that pleases you first. And then your children come in and they adapt. That's the happy medium that I found most successful mothers and however you define success. But success for me is living your life, living your life on your terms as a mom. And it's not in this box of what you should be um, once you become a mom. So check it out. It's um, you can't have it all in date night too. How to Reclaim Your Life as a Mom, and it's available on Amazon. It's my ebook, so it's my gift to you. And it's a quick read, so I try to keep it that way because, again, we're remember, we're living our lives on purpose. We're raising children. I didn't want to see, you know, like a 150-page book, although that's coming. But the ebook is a nice intro to the ideas that I have around the topic. So there you have it. You're welcome. <laughs> no, thank you for um, actually taking the time to read it. And hey, after you check out the ebook, be sure to leave me a review because it is important to me while these are my ideas and it's pretty much my journey, I am interested to know what are your takeaways? Like, what are some of the things that you are... Um, that really resonated with you as a mom, as a parent, um, on how to live your best life now. I want to know. And I'm not, you know, be honest. I want honest reviews because I think that's what this is all about. It's about just being transparent, um, being honest, and giving feedback. So thank you for that. And in the ebook, I do talk about us connecting on Facebook. So if after reading the ebook you want to connect, feel free. You've subscribed to the show. Thank you very much. Then let's take it a step further and connect on Facebook because I'd like to share there as well. All right. So today you are listening to Family Planet 365. I'm your host, Melina Jackson, and it gives me great pleasure to announce that this show is brought to you by Eternal Valley Memorial Park and Mortuary. They are your friends. They are your partners in making a difficult situation a little more pleasant. And by that, I mean they're a memorial service organization. They're a mortuary. And, you know, it's I love telling my listeners that our show is sponsored by a, a Dignity Memorial Company, which serves the um, funeral services. And I love this company so much because they truly do go above and beyond in helping you um, manage death. It's death management. And 
a lot of times moms are like, well, that's not, you know, uplifting, but actually it is because just imagine what life could be like for you knowing that you've already planned your memorial, you already have things in place. If for whatever reason you should leave this earth tomorrow, today, tonight, because you've contacted Eternal Valley Memorial Park and Mortuary and you have things in place. So take a look. The link is in the bio of this show. So if you want to give our friends over there a call or email them, do that because they have a lot of great programs in place where you don't have to come out of pocket right away. It could be something that you gradually do. Or if you just want to get your business in order. And I mean, what I mean by that is just having everything planned out. You know, I mean, it's it's empowering as parents for my family planet 365 listeners are proactive. That's why you show up here every week, because you want to get tools. You want information that will uplift and inspire you to live your best life now. And nothing feels greater than being organized and being proactive in your life. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. So thank you to our friends at Eternal Valley Memorial Park and Mortuary. Now, on with the show. So today we're talking about how to deal with your child's difficult teacher. Yeah, so I've been down this road before, and that's why it's just a topic that I want to share with you because I think you should go in armed. Not armed, but you know what I mean? I'm like, I have to be careful because people really do that. But anyway... Um, You want to go in with the information that could really help you. And one of the the gifts that I am really grateful for is having the gift of discernment. And what I mean by that is I'm pretty good at when I meet someone right away. It's not necessarily judging, but right away you kind of understand like who they are. And just the way they step to you, what they say to you, the first thing they say to you. I'm really good at just kind of feeling out their vibe, um, getting a sense of, you know, who they're being in a, you know, in a way. And for me, it came, you know, my son's teacher a few years ago, just on the first day, she was just very callous, if you will. And immediately, immediately I thought to myself, wow, she really doesn't want to be here. You could just tell like there was no passion. It was like just going through the motions And at first I was like, ooh, I'm going to see what I can do to get him out of this class because this is going to be one hell of a ride for, you know, the next nine months or 10 months or whatever, however long you're in school. But then something said, no, this will be a good exercise for you. Let's figure out how we can make dealing with your child's difficult teacher work in your favor. And... I'm always looking for opportunities to grow, opportunities to stretch myself. And so I didn't, I didn't try to transfer him out of the classroom. What I did find though, is she was absent a lot. Like they had a sub a lot during that year, which was disturbing, but that'll be another topic. However, I think when you realize that you might be dealing with a difficult teacher, it's important that you take down your walls. Because it makes no sense for you to build a wall and then he or she has their wall up and then you get nowhere. So one of you have to be the bigger person. And as the parent, 
I think it's important that the parent is the bigger person because we're the ones who are sending our children to this space every day in hopes that they will be educated and nurtured in in some form or fashion, right? So it makes no sense for you to go toe-to-toe with the teacher. That's just kind of ignorant, you know, for lack of a better term. So immediately when I, I recognized that this teacher might be difficult for me because the personality is just not there, I realized that everybody is not bubbly and, oh my God, you know, happy um, new school year. I'm so excited. There was none of that. It was like, you know, boom, boom, boom. It was like the army. And I realized that my wall had to come down. And you have to not judge. Now, I know it sounds like you're I'm judging because, oh, she's difficult. She doesn't want to be here. But no, I was assessing the situation. You always got to assess, right? But don't judge. So don't make him or her wrong for being who they are being, right? So you let the wall down, you introduce yourself. And if possible, the child can um, introduce themselves to the teacher because they'll already know their names. And then you just want to be a good listener. Like do more listening than talking because you're going to have open house night with this teacher. You're going to have parent-teacher conferences, you're going to need to communicate throughout the year when the child is absent or sick or doesn't understand a homework assignment or doesn't perform well on the test. You always want to be the better listener, okay? And again, you can only do that when your wall is down. There is no inhibition. You're not inhibited, right? So that's what I do. I kind of step back a little bit and just let them fill that space because it makes no sense for two negative energies to fill the space. You'll get nowhere. So let them be in that space. Um, one of the things I'm, I really enjoy doing, it's a fun exercise, you should try it, especially moms listening. You'll find this a lot of times in a mom's club where there's always that one mom who like makes the most noise. Like she's got to be the one who's like on top of everything. And maybe even a PTA, right? She's the one who has to be heard and seen. And I always, when I recognize those, I take a step back and let them have the floor because it makes no sense for you to try to compete against that because that's where... They've made their, they've staked their claim. Let them have it, right? We have nothing to prove. We are all here to get what we need and be on our way. So there's no sense in trying to be what that person has already um, made known that they are interested in having in place for them. So with that said, I go back to the teacher. So you know the teacher's gonna, she's he or she is probably difficult. Not necessarily a people person, if you will. So your job is not to transform them. It's not to bring them to your level. Your job is to be a great listener and to be a student, so to speak, right? Because this is their classroom. They're the ones hired for the job. You're the parent. And your job is to get your child through the school here successfully and without bruising, right? or without injury, so to speak.
So when I recognize that the teacher is not necessarily a people person, I'm not going to try to change that. But I am going to be a good listener. So write that down. You want to assess the teacher, not judge. And then you want to listen. Ask your question and listen. Don't interrupt. Now, this gets interesting when the children are in, I would say, middle school to high school because the dynamic does change. But make sure that you are on the up and up of the classroom communication. So that means you're going to check their backpack every day. You're going to be a good student. You're going to be a good student of this teacher because you want to give them no traction, none on you know, you not being responsive or informed or paying attention. Because remember, they don't want to be there anyway. So your job is to make their job easier when dealing with your child, okay? Now, I understand that in some ways it's not fair that you have a teacher in a classroom who doesn't want to be there. But remember, you're not here to transform anyone and you are not here to advocate for the class. You are an advocate for your child. So you are going to be a good student to this teacher to help them, help you, help your child have a great year. Now, can you imagine if every parent in the classroom did that? Perhaps that teacher would be happier. Perhaps they would bounce out of bed in the morning and be full of spirit and happiness on teaching their child for six to seven hours a day, right? But sometimes that's not the case. So you're going to do your part because you can't change the world until you change your world. And your world is your child in that classroom. So you're going to make sure you check their backpack every night. Like a lot of times when, you know, you go to school on the first day, they send a lot of paperwork home. It's a lot of the emergency forms. Um, How is your child going to get home every day? You want to take the time to fill out that information. You are not too busy. You want to take the time Look through it carefully. If the teacher has an email address that he or she shares with you, you want to put that information in your phone, okay? I know my child's teacher had um, this app called Class Dojo. And at first I was like, I'm not downloading that. I don't, that's more apps on my phone. I've already got enough stuff to manage. But then I was thinking, you know what? If this is his or her way to communicate, I want to keep the lines of communication open So I downloaded that class dojo and it was great because what I found was the teacher wasn't as quick to respond to an email as she was to respond through class dojo. So I was able to go into the app and just message her and she would respond like during her break. And I was like, okay, I like this. This is an easy highway of communication. So you want to comply, right? Um, And you want to go through the information and make sure that you are, you stay on the up and up on what's going on because you don't want to give them any grounds for saying, you know, oh, this parent's not, they're not, they don't have a vested interest. They never respond or they don't, um, you know, they're just, I can't get information on time from them and that sort of thing. Um, So I always, I make sure that I go through the backpack. Now, remember, you want to 
keep your child accountable too, because this isn't about a fear factor. It's not about, oh, I'm afraid of the child's teacher. I want to make sure that, you know, they don't get in trouble. You want to help them help themselves as well. So you might want to have a little talk with him or her and say, you know, we want to make sure that we are um, following all the rules. We want to make sure we get everything back to Mrs. Smith when she asks for it. So if she gives you information or paperwork during the day, um, make sure you, you know, have a tray, you know, have a um, a landing station at home. When your child gets home, they know to um, empty their backpack, put it in the tray. Um, if there's homework that needs to be done, make sure that stuff is communicated. Because I think that a lot of times us parents feel like we need to take things into our own hands, which is great because, you know, we're we're being hands-on, but it's a disservice to the child because then they're just like, you know, how should the mom will take care of it? Or I'm, I don't have to be responsible. My mom, you know, so you want to make sure that they know to com- the child knows to communicate with you so that you can stay on top of things. And with that said, you need to set it up where there's a system of some sort. I mean, Pinterest has a lot of great ideas on how to set up your child's back to school station. So where they put their papers, where they hang their backpacks, um, where they can put notes to you, if they need to bring something to school the next day, go to Pinterest, get some ideas, get a clue. Because the easier you have a system at home, the better it will show in the classroom when the child shows up and the teacher will know. And you know what? That will make the teacher happy because that's one less headache that they have to deal with, which is your child or you. So you want to make sure you go through the papers and get your things back to the school on time. And if your child is going to be late or is absent, you want to email the teacher. Now, I know you might say, well, that, you know, the automated call comes in and I just take the call. But remember, you want this teacher to feel like you're on their team. You are here to help them help you. And Remember, it's about being proactive. It's about taking the driver's seat and um, getting through this school year with your child and making sure your child thrives. And the best way to do that is to be in communication with the teacher, right? Um, I know a lot of parents, a lot of times, the only time they talk to the teacher is when there's a problem. And that's a problem. You want to be proactive. You want the teacher to know that you're on their team. And, you know, however however I can be of service, I'll do that. Now, that part of that um, for me is coming from the whole nanny background because um, through the agency, that's one of the things I tell the nannies is, you know, you're here to be of service. So whatever you can do to help them help you help them. Did I say that right? Whatever you can do to help your family help you help them, you do it, right? Because you always want people to know that you're on their team. This isn't about a me and you. This is us, okay? So that's what you want your teacher to feel. So you're going to check the backpack. And lastly, what I'll share with you is you want to do as instructed. So you're going to get those parent-teacher conferences coming up. And a lot of these, a lot of the schools now are trying to go as digital as possible. And I'll tell you firsthand that there's still cracks in the system. Like there's still a lot of hiccups. Um, One teacher 
kept saying, oh, you just go online and you register for your time slot. And I promise you guys, I read the paper that they sent home. I followed the steps. I created my account and I kept trying to register and got an error. And I sent a message through Class Dojo, and I was like, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm using the, word, the name Mrs. Smith um, for protection, but I said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Smith, I tried to, um, I tried to register through the, the um, system that you sent, but I, for some reason, I keep getting an error message, and uh, her message was like, well, it's, the times are, the time slots for that day are already full, you'll have to go back in and try again. And I was like, well, I know I I did try that. And, re- and remember, you let your wall down. So there's no defensiveness. Like, I don't need to defend myself. I don't need to go back at her. I just need to allow her, like, help her help me. So I said, I realized that. But I created my account, and I'm not able to schedule my teacher conference time. And so... Finally, she sent a note home and she said, I went ahead and scheduled these two times for you. Can you let me know which one works? And you see, just like that, she just did it for me. And why did she do that, ladies and gentlemen? Because I didn't try to defend or get, you know, aggravated or try to come back at her or make anybody wrong. I allowed her to help me help myself. And she did that just by scheduling, going into the system and scheduling it for me. And let's just go back to gets old school here. That's the old saying that you can get more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. So you want to be sweet as honey. Not not like a pushover, though. I mean, I think that's that's something you want to be careful about. But you want to just, again, you're on their team. Like, this is a team effort. There's no me against you. This is us, right? Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Family Planet 365. I'm your host, Melina Jackson. And we are talking about how to deal with your child's difficult teacher. This is in time, just in time for back to school. And today's show is brought to you by Eternal Valley Memorial Park and Mortuary. You can check them out online. Their um, website is in the bio of this show. So if you want to get in the know, be sure to check out the bio, the link in the bio. All right, so we're talking about how to deal with your child's difficult teacher. So let's just recap, okay? So first, you're going to assess because we don't judge, we just assess so we can know who we're being in the situation. And a good way to assess is to just step back and let them fill the space. Um, you'll you'll see this a lot on the first day of school. When you drop the, your child off at school, you'll get a sense of who they are. And secondly, you're going to be a good listener because it's important that you do this for your child. It's not about who's right, who's wrong. This is about having a successful school year ahead. And um, like I shared earlier, for me, I was thinking, oh, I'm just going to try to transfer out of this class because this teacher is totally, you know, she's totally not feeling this job. But, you know, we can't run from things in life. And it's not a good message to the child either because they got to learn that 
sometimes the situation is not going to be as pleasant as you would hope for, but how can you transform it for yourself? Like not transform the other person because the only thing you can control and transform is yourself. So who are you being? You're going to be a good listener. (coughs) Excuse me. You're going to be a good listener. And thirdly, you are going to comply. And that means you're going to make sure you return things on time. You're going to check the backpacks. You're going to have a nice system in place for your child to communicate with you what's going on in the classroom, when they need to get things back. Um, And you don't want the teacher having to hunt you down or ask you for things. So you want to assess, listen, comply. And then lastly... Get the homework in on time. I can't tell you how many times, like, okay, let's just get real. My son is not exactly a straight A student, although they don't even give A's and B's in school anymore, which I think is terrible because now it's like to soften the blow. Oh, just needs improvement, you know, and I, I'm like, look, that's an F, okay, or that's a D. Let's get real. But you know, all the children are so sensitive today. They can't they can't take, you know, the A's or B or C's or D's or F. We're going to just say needs improvement. So, my son isn't exactly your top student in the class. However, he always gets comments from the teacher. Wow. He turns in his homework assignments completed and on time every week. Now, let me tell you something about that, okay? That takes a lot of effort on the parents' part because a lot of times we are working. A lot of times we have our own deadlines. I know for me, I thrive in having a career and raising four children and a husband (laughs) under one roof and managing that shit, okay? Because it takes a lot of management, okay? So... When you are turning in a homework assignment every week on time, over time, that supersedes everything that's going on in the classroom. Because what it lets the teacher know is, okay, here I I have a student who doesn't exactly thrive when it's time to test or a lot of times when we're doing class assignments, he might be a little slower to turn in his or he doesn't participate fully. However, at home, something's going on because his homework is complete, it's neat, and it's on time every single week. And kudos to my son because he gets the power in that. You know, it's kind of like, you know how you always have the teacher's pet? I don't think kids really do that today. But you had the teacher's pet who felt like, you know, they had to suck up to the teacher to get the good grade or to get chosen for stuff. I think that turning your homework complete, neat, and on time each week, that rhymes. That's so cool. I love when that happens. It's sort of like being the teacher's pet, but in a dignified way. Because you're bringing something to the table versus using charm, right? So if you don't commit to anything else this school year, 2016, 2017, I would say commit to turning in, making sure that your child completes their homework 
on time each week without exception. It makes a difference because, again, every time we go to a parent-teacher conference, that's what they rave about. Like, oh my gosh, like he hasn't missed a week of homework. And another good example is when my daughter was in preschool, they had star work every week, which is the cutest thing because it was just like, you could tell the teachers just gave them little assignments that encouraged us parents to do little things with our kids. Like one night we had to go and pick leaves, um, certain type of leaves, like you had to have four leaves and the star, they would give you the star work sheet on Monday and it was due every Friday and so you had like each night you had to do a little something something and I tell you I really enjoyed that because it made my preschooler feel like she was up to something big and it made me like really it it inspired me to like do projects with her right but what the preschool teacher said was oh and by the way like at the preschool when you turn in your star work they had a roster of about 50 kids And each week you get a star for turning in your star work. Well, let's just say that not many kids had straight stars, okay? Um, There were probably like a handful of kids in that class that would turn in their star work. And every time I would go to the school for events or whatever, the preschool teacher would say, Oh, hi, Miss Jackson. That's Camille's mom. Oh, Camille turns in her star work every week. And... Not that you do that for like, you know, a, a, you don't live for the applause, right? Because it's really, it's it's for you and your child. But it just, it's amazing how that really sticks out to teachers because what they probably find and what I find um, just in my dealings with parents through the agency is that we're all so busy, right? We're all so busy. Everything else matters except taking time out with your child and really investing in the child and making sure their homework is done on time, neat, and properly, right? So the fact that the preschool teacher, I mean, she said a lot of times, like, I would see emails, we sent out the Star Work worksheets on Monday. You didn't get yours. We have more copies. Parents would take the Star Worksheets and lose them. I mean, come on, guys. You know, I mean, your kids need you. You got to advocate for them in a positive way. Like a lot of parents don't do their part and they think advocating for their child is like showing up to the school and, you know, having an attitude with the staff to get what you want. But you get what you want by it's like the art of war. You know, you don't have to do those things. You just do your part. And your part is what do we say? You're going to assess, you're going to be a great listener. You're going to turn in your homework on time and you're going to help them help you. This is a not a you and me. This is a us. Okay. So even if your child is in the top student in the class, getting their homework in on time each week is amazing. It does wonders for their self-esteem. The teacher even treats them differently than the other students who don't. They might be smart in the class, but they don't turn in their homework. So, I mean, these are like easy peasy tools to implement like from the first day out the gate on the ways to have a successful school year when dealing with a difficult teacher. Because 
one of the things I always talk about um, with my listeners, and we're a community, right? But it's about who you're being. Who are you being? Because when we talk about homework, it's not about you doing your child's homework either. It's about you, because your children show up the way you show up, just so you know that. They don't listen to what you say. They they listen to what you do, okay? That's a good ebook. Um, but they're going to show up how you show up. Like my son, I promise you, I have like, okay, get dressed for school. It's time to go. We're leaving in five minutes. Did you get your shoes on? But with homework, like he sees how important that is to me. And one of the things that I show, I, I the stories that I share with him quite often um, is I'll never forget in the fifth grade, I I started this school, Cahaba Heights Elementary in Alabama. I, I started the middle of fourth grade year because we moved um, in the middle of the year when I was in the fourth grade. So I transferred to this school. And I realized that at the end of the year, they give out the end of the year school awards and there was this award for like outstanding citizenship and it's the creme de la creme it's like the oscars of elementary school right so in the fifth grade they choose that one student that will get this citizenship award and part of the criteria for earning this award was that you had to turn in your homework every single week without fail in order to be um in order to uh, what's the word I'm looking for guys in order to be considered okay so I purposed in my heart that in the fifth grade I want to get that award because that was the Oscar like people's everybody in the auditorium stood up for you like they clapped for you (laughs) like I was totally living for the applause right but they clap for you. I mean, all the teachers, they they talk about you in a positive way. And I wanted that for me. But I knew that part of getting that award was to turn in your homework every week. And I can honestly say that's where I got that from. That didn't come from my, my parents instilling that in me. That was me wanting to get that fifth grade citizenship award. And the cool thing about that award is, or even turning in your homework every week, because there were some other kids who did that, but they there were some other things that went into play with getting the citizenship award. But for those who did turn in their homework every week on time, completed, would get one free day toward the end of the year. And that free day included showing up at school and pretty much doing whatever you want. You had a teacher with you, like a teacher aide. Um, our school, for whatever reason, had a trampoline in the front. I'm sure they've gotten rid of that because liability. But I think this was like in 1980. I don't know, like 1985, 86. Anyway, so they had a trampoline. And so we um, it was myself and one other guy. His name was Brian. Can you believe in the fifth grade, there were about, oh, I would say 123 kids in the fifth grade. And only two of us qualified for a free day. Okay. Yeah. So Brian and I got to jump on the trampoline all morning. Okay. Cause you get a free day. Then we went to the library and we read books and we watched a little like Arthur movie. 
Then we had pizza because they ordered pizza for us. And then we wanted to color and do arts and crafts. And so we were the only two students out of the entire fifth grade that had completed their homework for the entire year. Now, remember, I shared this with my son. That's why I'm sharing it with you, because I think this is what inspired him. Because I don't have to really get on to him about doing his homework. He does it, and he knows it's due on Friday without without fail, right? So Brian and I were the only two for the fifth grade, and I'm pleased to announce that I won the Citizenship Award that year. And it was the most amazing feeling. I don't think I felt, well, actually I did, I have felt that way in my life since. But I remember that was the first, one of the first times that I'd ever felt so proud. And just realizing that when you put a vision in place, and then each day you're just taking a little bit of, just little steps. You're not taking big leaps, but just little steps, just throwing a little pebble in the river every day. Just doing a little bit each day, like your homework. You know, one of the things I tell my son is we don't wait until Thursday night to do homework. Excuse me. You get your homework on Monday. You get your homework sheet. You assess it. And you do a little bit each night. It's not about cramming. We're going to do a little bit each night. That's how you're going to be successful. Because not only are you going to get it done for the week, but you're going to be learning a little bit each day. Right? So that was what I loved about the fifth grade citizenship award. It taught me that you just do a little bit, just do a little bit each day. It's not about about leaps and bounds. It's about just a little bit each day, just throwing a little pebble in the river each day. It'll eventually build and create like a nice stream, but just a little bit each day. And I got that award. And out of a hundred and something fifth graders, only two of us qualified for the free day because we had turned in our homework each day, each week, on time and complete. So if you don't do anything else this year, be sure of that, that your child's homework is complete and it's with their effort. It's not you, you know, getting it out and doing it themselves. Like that was another thing with the preschool. The teacher would always say, oh yeah, we know the parents who do the homework for the child. And it's just not serving them because it's about the child being empowered and the child getting the skills that they need to succeed for their lives. It's not your life. It's their lives. It's their journey. But as a parent, it's your job to help guide them, not pull them and, you know, drag them, but to guide them along the way. And you have to ask, who are you being? So thank you for tuning in to Family Planet 365. This week, we were talking about how to deal with your child's difficult teacher. Have you ever had a difficult teacher that you had to deal with? Uh, Maybe when you were in school or as a parent, how did you deal with it? Like, how did you get through the year? Did you transfer them out of the classroom? Did you complain a lot? Or did you just go with the flow? You know, excuse me, I think it's great when you can go with the flow, but The tools that I share with you today are more about than just going with the flow. It's really being engaged, but in a sensible way. These are easy tools that you can do, um, that you can implement, that will really, really impact your year with your child and their teacher, and their teacher will be grateful. Oh, oh, one, oh, this is a bonus, this is a bonus. And remember when Teacher Appreciation Week comes along, Now, 
I don't think you have to do something every day of that week because they'll send you a paper saying, okay, it's teacher appreciation week on Mondays and this on Tuesday. I think you should at the minimum, at the minimum, have your child write a thank you note to the teacher at the minimum. You can do, if you choose to do every day, that's great. If you want to go above and beyond, that's great. But get a little thank you card and have your child write a thank you card during teacher appreciation week at the minimum. That speaks volumes. Okay? So if you had a a difficult teacher, share in the comments. Let me know. How did you deal with it? Us listeners, we want to know. Um, All right. Did you like the show? Yeah, this this is so cool. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm so excited because it's now as simple. I get to come talk to you. Um, Sometimes it'll be straight talk. Like today, we'll have special guests on. Our next show for next week is going to be about how you can have it all in date night too. And I'm going to have a great guest with me to help, you know, spread the good news about how we can live our best lives now, whether you have a baby in tow or teenagers in the house, it doesn't matter. It's about what you say is so. So be sure to leave a comment, rate the show. Let me know. Let me know what you want to hear, what we should talk about. I'm open and I'm just excited. I mean, it's a new year. It's um, the school year. We're going to thrive and our children are going to come along with us and thrive with us. And it's just going to be one great, big, happy life. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Melina Jackson, and until next time, remember, you can have it all. Goodbye for now.